the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan, and that's not Matt. That's what? Pete Fenzel. That's right. <laughs> hey, Pete. Hey, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm great. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to be on this podcast with this. Uh, I can let my hair down, right? This is the exactly, hard exactly. Let your let your crew cut down uh, as far as it can go. So I guess to as as actually ritual ritual has it um, when other uh, regular OTI podcasters join TFT, like when Mark uh, Mark Lee has visited or Jordan Stokes, they they like to take the opportunity off the top uh, to do the things on this podcast that they cannot do on the OTI podcast, which is basically. Uh, we have different language uh, and uh, spoiler policies. So, is there anything that, you, with that in mind, anything that you would like to get off your chest? Uh, anything I'd or- like, to, I li- anything I'd like to get off my chest with regards to curse words and spoilers? Yes. Um, uh, I guess I'll say, uh, fuck Burt Cooper. Fuck Burt Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> fuck Burt Cooper. <laughs> fuck Burt Cooper. Fuck, and fuck the moon. Fuck the moon. <laughs> fuck the moon. Fuck dancing Burt Cooper and his dancing shoes. All right. Uh, and actually, as a cross promotion, if that did not bother you, uh, tune into o- Overthinking It for uh, a special uh, TV recap uh, uh, podcast of, um, of of Mad Men of of all of the first half of season seven of Mad Men, uh, which uh, Pete is going to be recording actually in real uh, not in real time, uh, but later uh, later tonight uh as as we record uh so it'll be um uh, if you're listening to this it's already on overthinking it um but we're not here to plug our other projects although we'll probably do some more of that at the end uh we're here to discuss the self-titled album by saint vincent um and so as uh, as always if you have not yet listened to saint vincent by saint vincent uh go ahead and pause the recording and meet us back here welcome back uh, so, Pete, I want to jump in um, by saying uh, when I was uh, arranging for you to have you on uh, TFT, uh, I sent you a list of several possible albums that I've been listening to a lot uh, that uh, I thought you might be interested in. Um, and it was uh, this album, St. Vincent, uh, the uh, album uh, Atlas by Real Estate, and uh, I believe um, Singles by Future Islands, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and, and this was the one that you, that you chose. Uh, and so I'd love to hear just what, um, you know, before, I guess this is by, by way of kind of diving in, uh, what, uh, what drew you to uh, this album uh, and what, what did you find compelling as you kind of listened to it, uh, either in relation to uh, the other stuff I recommended or even just the, uh, the TFT landscape? Because I know you've been listening along and listening to some of the stuff that we've been discussing on here. Yeah, um, I think when I listened to St. Vincent, and it was a strong preference, by the way. It wasn't a toss-up. I wasn't like, oh, maybe I'll do real estate, maybe it's St. Vincent. It's like, oh, man, I hope I get to talk about St. Vincent on the podcast. (laughs) Because my way of thinking about art and literature, I mean, very much overthinking its style, is to drill in – Right, pretty intensely into the work and to find the threads that are exciting or interesting and sort of pursue those. This is one of yeah. the reasons I'm not much of an academic critic because I like to sort of veer off to this side or that side and follow different things that I think are interesting. And sometimes that's difficult and requires a little bit of extra effort. And sometimes a piece of art just presents you with all sorts of threads that you could potentially grab onto and then gives all sorts of rewards from pursuing the different threads that are going on. Uh, I, would, I would say that 
that Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance starring Nicolas Cage is a great example. Where, like, it's not necessarily a good movie, but it's an interesting movie. And they throw a lot of things in there that you could potentially try to figure out and analyze or are weird or referential or self-conscious or just related to genre, right? And all this stuff, I think... So basically what you're saying is that every time that uh, Andy Clark, the kind of principal of St. Vincent, does a guitar solo, it's like peeing fire. (laughs) Yes, exactly, exactly. And that that mop of... uh, of kind of little robot Annie hair that she has going on, yeah, or sort yeah. of Dilbert uh, Dilbert haircut, not of Dilbert, but of the lady with the triangle hair in Dilbert, whose name escapes me. I apologize to her. She's done some great work over the years. Uh, but yeah, as her sort of, well, it's like, also kind of like the dude um, uh, in uh, the IT crowd, the British show, the IT crowd. Uh, I think it's Richard Ayande is the name of the actor. Um, I may have mispronounced that, uh, but uh, has a similar kind of asymmetric uh, uh, fro type hair haircut. And so, yeah, but go yeah. on. Well, I think I think that with musicians in particular, there's often a an ambition to reflect in their music, and this is true of kind of romantic poets in general, a sense of feeling that they have, a, a relation relating what's happening in their own lives, right? Sort of creating a, a, a mimesis of themselves, but without necessarily sometimes even the awareness of a mimesis, uh, conjure a mood, a performance like that people would want to dance to, uh, and these kinds of things can often and not yield really exciting sort of crack and responses. Whereas St. Vincent is like, here's a thousand ideas, mm-hmm. right? Most of them are by other people, and uh, they're, most of them are irrelevant. Um, so I'm going to take these ideas that have some sort of irrelevance, and I'm going to shatter them apart and put them back together in ways that, really, that will both confound and alienate you. Uh, maybe that's, maybe this yeah. was the album that was truest to the mission of the TFT podcast, as stated by Rather, yeah. right? Which is to confound and alienate the audience. Right, which is why it took us so long to to, uh, to talk about it. Right, yeah. <laughs> we we had to talk about a lot of other things that were off mission uh, because, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, if we uh, gave served up the alienating and confounding thing, then that would be doing what is expected of us. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, that is perhaps uh, the case. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, and I, I think that that's exactly right, and it's it is interesting. Um, to, to think about that because I've been I've liked uh, Saint Vincent for a few years. I think I she first um, uh, got on my radar around the time of her second album, um, which I believe is called Actor, uh, which came out a few years ago. Um, and I've I've uh, followed her work since then and seen her live I think one time. Um, and and I think that I mean I guess it's interesting that I I guess I listen to a lot of alienating and confounding music, and so it's easy um, it's easy enough for that to seem um, like in some ways St. Vincent does not, I, I've become um, kind of desensitized to alienation. So like St. Vincent is like my, is like throwing on, you know, like the heat is on or something like that. It's like just like <laughs> happy time, fun jams. And I think, I mean, I think that it is interesting, right? Cause there's like lots of ideas um, that are, and, and lots of um, presentation that is, uh, that, that can be challenging or, or confrontational. Um, but then at the same time, there's also a lot of songs that have um, the, on this album that are, that are catchy, that, that, ha- that, that are catchy or um, rocking or dancey in ways that you expect of, uh, of pop music. Um, and, you know, and she's definitely, you know, getting a higher and higher um, uh, 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 mainstream profile. Uh, she performed, she was a musical guest on last week's Saturday Night Live, um, the, the season finale. And it's really interesting because I think that that is a mark of, you know, and there are many bands that are kind of labeled as indie 
that get um, that that uh, play SNL, but it's definitely a, uh, a a mark of let's say you know Frankie Cosmos isn't playing uh, SNL anytime soon, right? You know she's she's the kind of girl who watches SNL uh, at home with her parents. <laughs> I'd love to see her guest in a sketch where a bus just constantly splashes her with water, like she's in her house and all of a sudden a bus splashes her with water. I mean the thing is that sketch would have that's a much more clearer game than any sketch on SNL has um, that I've seen in. <laughs> like 20 years fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> uh, um uh but i think what's really interesting is that uh and we'll put this in the show notes uh that th- the twitter response to uh to um saint vincent on snl was very much alienated and saying people saying um you know saint vincent i don't know how i feel about your music and who's who else has heard of saint vincent um and i thought i was drunk no just watching saint vincent on snl what a trip <laughs> Um, I, I found that kind of surprising. I found it pretty surprising because what what while well, she's what she's doing is aggressive and it's certainly alienated. It's not particularly new, right? Like it's well in the sense of when I listen to St. Vincent, I hear a lot of new wave. Yeah. Right? I hear a lot of, you know, David Byrne she collaborated with, I remember right. reading in 2012. Uh, a lot of you know, there's even some like Peter Gabriel in some of her songs, it feels like. And and the yeah. whole idea of like, you know, somebody standing there as, as the sort of like the sort of moving without really moving her feet along the floor and like mm. a, a backup musician who makes strange geometrical shapes with her hands. Like this was what was on MTV. Are these people that just didn't live through the 80s and haven't seen any of this stuff Well, before? see, the, the, the internet killed the video star. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, so video killed the radio star. Right. The, the video star is dead, right? And so that I, I would guess that a lot of people – these are a lot of people that – have a I love the 80s memory of the 80s mm. um, as opposed to a not even a, a countercultural or a subaltern view of the 80s, but just the real 80s, right? In which there was, um, like you say, I think that two good touchstones are kind of Peter Gabriel and really even the rest of Genesis um, and uh, and uh, the the Talking Heads. And then I think and also a third piece uh, of, of, of influence um, in the that kind of resides in that um, early 80s and even late 70s is David Bowie as well. Um, and that's both in the music and even in that, you know, the and we'll see if, um, you know, uh, Andy Clark keeps changing her appearance because this is her first kind of uh, this album and the kind of visual style of this album and the kind of choreography is the first trial of this. And, you know, it's not that there is a, um, you know, Ziggy Stardust type persona around this necessarily, but it's definitely a it's that de- there's definitely a, a kind of internally consistent identity that's associated with the work on this album. Um, and, you know, that and that kind of move to kind of change one's visual appearance um, and and have that fit with the album and the live performance uh, was a, you know, a staple of Bowie throughout the 70s, where there were, were several different iterations of um of of what of Bowie's look and uh, and feel, um, and so that yeah, so I think that you're right that these are all things that are you know that are not totally unintelligible and that are you know were very popular pieces of you know uh, there there a lot of these uh, all of these artists that we mentioned um had uh, had huge hits and right uh, there are ways in which um the lead song the lead track rattlesnake like has even some um actually rattlesnake and uh i think digital witness both have these like elements of even like peter gabriel's like sledgehammer right they're sledge they're sledgehammer-esque yes um and and i guess what's interesting is that at the same time sledgehammer 
I don't know. I, I guess I guess we've forgotten Sledgehammer, uh, and so even though so, it was like the number one video other than Thriller, right, on every countdown that they did during those innumerable countdowns over the years. Well, but but there's another thing that she does though, which is that she'll do a little bit of Sledgehammer and then she'll jump into something else that feels different yes. in the middle of the song, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you won't get a whole Peter Gabriel song or like a whole ska guitar song. You'll get like a ska, ska guitar lick, right, that'll repeat a few times and then it'll repeat enough times that you'll realize it's not a ska song anymore because it's not varying in the way that you would expect it to. And then all of a sudden it's something else, right? Like, Yeah, absolutely. So, And it kind of resides then even though you know she – is within the is intelligible within like the you know the kind of musical vocabulary of of new wave and to an extent even guitar rock as well right because she her background you know her main instrument is guitar and she's uh, an awesome guitar player um and then but then there's also an element of of mashups you know of, of the kind of mashup culture and djing that is there as well of putting together um songs from from pieces of other songs and so there is um all of those elements and even elements of a kind of classical or art music tra- uh, tradition as well um and she you know she did study at berkeley college of music i think before dropping out and so there's kind of a bunch of you know, both different musical styles and then kind of compositional styles that are, are residing together. And so, um, but I think there is a lot that's made of, of the difficulty. Um, but I think this actually leads me into, um, I, I've wanted to read a uh, fan mail that I got um, from uh, listener Stuart Ort, which I think then, I think we're, we're actually at a good point where uh, Stuart uh, poses some questions that are, uh, are right at this line of conversation that we're in. Um, and so I may not read read all of it but uh i'll i'll go for here so this is uh this came in on the uh tft facebook page um uh, in april uh and the message is dear ryan and matt i'm not sure how you feel about taking requests but i have one that i think would lend itself well to your mission statement saint vincent is she for real Full disclosure, I am obsessed. I am an obsessed fan of St. Vincent, i.e. Annie Clark. She's put up, uh, she has put out four solo albums to date, each a pretty strange and yet, I think, very enjoyable and accessible. At the same time, I keep asking myself, is she for real? Her music is a very self-made product. Her first two albums, I think, were essentially bedroom produced or at least written. Many songs seem written with a very consistent point of view, with a heart being fully worn on the sleeve. Yet it feels very much as if nothing real is being exposed. Her song characters are damaged waifs, oppressed or mystified by a terrifying world. Her onstage persona is mannered beyond measure, to the point it seems that uh, you are watching some kind of an android. Uh, Then, if you ever watch an interview, she seems like the most well-adjusted, sane, good-natured person you uh, you could meet. Is she for real? If you choose to accept this task, I suggest you focus on her most recent album, St. Vincent, as I think it presents even more rabbit holes to get lost in. Uh, Obsession with digital culture over uh, over a synthesized brass line. Uh, The album cover evokes a conquering ice witch queen, uh, etc. Ryan and Matt, I beg of you, tell me, is she for real? Well... Matt's not here. So, Pete, this St. Vincent with her rattlesnakes and her birthing in reverse, is she for real? Uh, I'm going to say only because I had some lengthy comment conversations and in-person <laughs> conversations where I tried to come to understand what this fucking sentence means. <laughs> Look, because, you're getting hazed. Like the, you, you wouldn't be here if you didn't know that this was happening. Because <laughs> there's a lot of meanings to the fucking word real, right? Uh-huh. It, yep. real, can, real can mean that you're somebody who, if someone slights you, you commit violence against them. Yeah, yeah. It can mean that you refuse to change what clothes you wear when you move from one town to another. <laughs> 
right? It can mean that you uh, that you were made out of wood, but due to the power of love, uh, you know, or cotton or something, you're now like spawned flesh, right? Like, uh, and also it can mean that like. You know, are you are you full of shit? Are you not full of shit? <laughs> are you not full of shit? Yeah. But it could also mean, are you good? Are you good at what yeah. you are doing? Um, yeah, 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 exactly. So, yes, yeah, yeah. so taking this inherently uh, complex and multidimensional ca- concept and boiling it down to a simple yes-no question, is she for real? Yes, of course she's for real. She's a musician and she's doing a good job making music. No, awesome. I'll say she's for real. You know why? She's for real because... The, her vocabulary is for real. Her musical yeah. vocabulary, her cultural vocabulary is for real. The she is there is not. I use the word verisimilitude a lot with my uh, improv groups uh, to distinguish because because people in improv also use the word grounded a lot to uh-huh. refer to like playing a character that isn't full of shit. And they say right. play it grounded, and, and I've always hated that because that doesn't mean anything. And I was like, well, play with some verisimilitude, as in re- relate in some way to a person who's actually real, right? And uh, in some sort of mirrory kind of way, and she's not doing that, right? right. She's not like if if I keep imagining when someone asks, "Are you for real?" It's like uh, I, I imagine the rage I feel when I'm like at the backyard party in high school, and the guy busts out the acoustic guitar and starts playing, <laughs> and all the girls are mooning over this guy, right? And he's speaking with this this uh, feigned authenticity, right? And it's like this is the the depth of my soul, and it's like that's not the depth of your soul, that's the depth of James Taylor's soul, all right? That's I mean, not- <laughs> he, we should all be so lucky. That is that is the depth of Dave Matthews's soul. Yeah. Right? <laughs> This is like even too early for Dave Matthews. That's how that's how it, it old we are here, or I am here. Uh, I won't speak to Ryan's uh, wayfishness or ingenuity. But the idea of Saint Vincent like showing up at a at a sleepover party and like busting out the acoustic guitar and then just going and being like you know sweating, sweating. <laughs> like she wouldn't do that, right? So there's a specific kind of full of shit that she specifically is not, which is right. she is not the full of shit where she is trying to present to you somebody where you forget. Gets that is not a real person. <laughs> right, she's not. She's person. not a. I mean, it's interesting because she's a singer songwriter who is not a singer songwriter. Oh yeah, I mean, because singer songwriter conjures this like you know, come to my window because I'm wearing relaxed fit jeans kind of thing, right? Like. <laughs> And it's like, no, she's wearing, like, a specific – she's wearing a stage costume and has her hair colored or has a wig or something. Like, you know, like, she's uh, – it's art stuff. She's a real artist because you could see her stuff in a museum potentially, right? Right, like, exactly. Like, Indiana Jones is going to, like, swoop in and be like, this belongs in a museum, not at Bonnaroo, right? Like, it's too high – it's too high culture. But yeah, but uh, but she's, she's for real because, you know, when she puts together this vocabulary of symbolism, this vocabulary of genre – uh, which, as much as while we were going through, while I was listening to the album, the songs are made up of snippets of other songs. They, I feel like a lot of the songs are made up of snippets of various genres, and yeah. the genres all kind of come together and criticize each other and each other's existences and sort of explode each other in the presence of these songs. But there is something that emerges from the mess that's right. worth thinking and talking about. In that sense, she's definitely for real. Well, um, and, and I think that in some ways that thing that emerges is St. Vincent, right? And and that, you know, and that it's, it's striking that four albums in, maybe interesting, I, I, I should keep track, listeners, um, 
if you kind of came as I, I say, one of the things I say a lot on this podcast and every other podcast that I'm on is we should make a chart of this. So li- I'm going to crowdsource this, not the making of the chart, but the making of the meta chart, which is charting every time I say that we should make a chart. Um, but it would be interesting to chart where in artists' careers they release a self-titled album. Um, because this is the a self-titled album that's coming four albums into the St. Vincent uh, project. Um, and I guess five if you count the collaborative uh, album uh, with uh, with David Byrne. And so I think that this is, it's interesting, rather than announcing, here's who I am, I'm, I'm St. Vincent, I feel that in some ways that there's been a working out through the previous albums of these snippets. And then this is the album which, you know, because a lot of the songwriting style um, and, and what you mentioned of kind of putting genre, genres together and snippets of genres together um, exist on the prior albums. But I think this is the fullest realization of that project. And I think it, the, that realization is St. Vincent, right? Because, you know, St. Vincent, it's, it's interesting to like think about how to talk about what St. Vincent is because some people use the she pronoun, right? They, they, um, you know, project onto the, you know, the singer songwriter, Annie Clark, this is St. Vincent and it, and she is St. Vincent. Um, but then, uh, another, um, there's another tendency to, to call it, um, a band, a they, uh, and the, and, and St. Vincent is, uh, Annie Clark and the three other, uh, the three other people, um, that tour with her and record with her. And that has kind of congealed. And so there is an argument for that, but then there is another kind of St. Vincent that is an it, that is this thing that's kind of emerging through the, 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 the emergent property of, um, of, of, of the art project, right? Or, or it is the art, you know, it's either, it's either the art project itself or it's the kind of process, the, the kind of thing that is produced uh, as a result of this, if that makes sense. Really? That was what you took away from this album or from No, I mean, well, I, I mean <laughs> No, but I'm allowed to be a jerk, right? Because this is the be a jerk podcast. Yeah, I mean, Matt's not here, so somebody has to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so I think that, well, I, I guess, like, well, I guess the question is if there's not a Saint Vi- I mean, I'm not saying, I think the interesting thing is in, in, in saying what the Saint Vincentness is, but I think that, um, I think that there is, and maybe, maybe it's not useful. Maybe the emergent property is something that's not, is unrelated to St. Vincentness. Um, but that. Well, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, okay. you go ahead. So here's what I would, what I, my main objection to what you're saying is that so much of the music is about the failure or the confoundment of individual identity yeah, or collective that's identity. True. Right? So, the, like, you know, Digital Witness is about. Uh, you know, it's a, it seems to be sort of about automated webcams or like, you know, websites that, that interact with people in a way that is similar to humans, but is not humans. And thus, like, you know, they don't have the needs of humans. They can't understand the needs of humans. Uh, there's a lot of, this is sort of like this. And what they really want is to eat your brains. They want to consume your mind because they are these like wells of information. So there's a way that the, by, by bringing this computer character close, but not too close to what a real person is, it calls into question our own identity in kind of a Blade Runner sort of way, right? It's like, well, are robots real people or are they not real people? People. Right, and right. It's like, so it's the it's the uncanny valley of of identity, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so in that sense, yeah. it's like the I wouldn't say that that Saint Vincent and a, a distinct identity emerges from this uncanny valley of the failure of identity. I would say that there is there could be a Saint Vincent ness, but I wouldn't yeah. say that Saint Vincent the noun emerges from it. The Saint Vincent ness would be this like 
you know, this relative confoundment or this yeah, sense yeah. of like, I, I would say that, that, um, oh, I mean, one song that, that, that I felt like had a lot of St. Vincentness in it, right? As, uh, and the one that stuck with me probably the most was the song about, uh, what I, the, I prefer your love to Jesus, that song. Um, yeah. You remember yeah. that song? And that, that, what is that one? I don't even Yeah, know yeah, definitely. One. Yeah, yeah. So that song is a Sinead O'Connor song, right? Yes. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It, nothing, compa- nothing compares to Jesus yeah. except for your love. Exactly. And Sinead O'Connor is, you know, is from the sort of John Dunn tradition of, uh, you know, juxtap of confounding and not confounding, of, uh, conflating erotic love and, and religious worship of Catholic icons, right? right. Like, although John Dunn, yeah, whatever. We don't want to talk about Catholicism. No, 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 please. I mean, we, we, look, it, the the TFT podcast has it has no policy uh, as with swearing and spoilers uh, about about uh, digressions. So <laughs> feel free. <laughs> well, the thing is that like that in Sinead O'Connor's style of singing, you know, nothing compares to you. She exalts the the eroticism to this celestial level, and then we find out later about her that oh, she's actually like really super devout Catholic, and right. perhaps the style of her music is related to her being and not only super devout Catholic, like like branch off more like. Like I, you know, see you later, splitters. Like I'm the real deal. Like that's another form of real, right? Like Sinead O'Connor right. is real Catholic in the sense that she is like not actually a real Catholic. She's right. of a separate group that distinguishes herself like this. And so the the form of as so many things that have to do with Catholicism, the form of it is part of the the content of it is not so much what matters as much as the form of it communicating the sort of underlying mystery of it the the colors the noises the sounds the smells these are all very important in this sort of veneration and uh and so in that sense we're all very comfortable and familiar with this idea of like venerating a person as if they were a deity or venerating a deity as if they were a person but this idea that you're sort of like venerating a person in the way that you would a deity but also mentioning the deity and and subordinating them in kind of like a in the eye kind of way, right? And this this sort of it both indulges in the form of this kind of veneration, right? Which is like the song sort of soars in a hymnal sort of way. You can you get the sense that it might take place under the vaults of a high Gothic cathedral, right? Like um and then of course like all of the the events that she describes are sort of boring, mundane, everyday events uh, right. for which she's looking for some sort of salvation, right? And so all the tropes are in place, but she makes sure to thumb her eye thumb thumb the eye of Jesus during the song because there needs to be a Saint Vincent of this that emerges yeah right? no and i think that that's i think that that's um i think that's right and so so wait so and then to kind of keep pulling that out so what is this what is the saint Vincentness in like that emerges from this song like well from from the from the the jesus one or from yeah, the digital yeah, yeah. The digital one uh it's this idea that um that there is that hey this thing that has emerged organically over time and become an organic part of our culture that even when we question we don't really question we don't really question uh in an intuitive way uh our relationship with this thing that's happening in our culture it's crazy right, right. like but also it provides me with tools that i'm going to use to describe things as well right, right. like um and, and uh, so it's crazy but it's also like i'm going to take its parts and i'm going to use its parts right uh, right and, and it's and so there's sort of like and this is a lot like uh feels kind of talking headsy a little bit right like um this is not my beautiful house this yeah. is not my beautiful wife right like it's like uh well you just called her your beautiful wife so in, in this sense there's a presence of a beautiful wife somewhere you know like dialectically a beautiful wife exists right like a beautiful house exists right uh but this is not it 
right? Uh, and that that that's that's uh, I think that's where we get to with it with the, the digital with the digital uh, the digital witness. It's like uh, it's the the degree to which the dehumanized voice of the singer of the song, like the sort of voice of the song, becomes something that you sympathize with and humanize right. a little bit, like a little bit. Right when it's like, give me all your mind. I want all your mind. Give me all your mind. That's messed up and crazy and dangerous and scary and like totally against how we interact with our iPads. Right, like, but you also kind of understand where it's coming from. Right? Well, like, I think that I mean, in some ways, I feel like another thing that it re- the flip side of that is that it reveals that you know because the, the other way I read this a bit was also. Um, was was through the lens of of social media and kind of success theater and the kind of you know broad, broadcasting and, cre- and creation of identity and I think that another thing that this does in in, in your reading of it, the voice as being this kind of human like computer is that it also reflects how our interfacing with technology has made us like that, right? And has made us less like humans and more like, um, and more, and more like consumptive, you know, consumption oriented, um, pseudo humans. Right. And so that there's a kind of, uh, there's a convergence there. Um, and I think that that's, uh, I think that that's really interesting. No, and, and I think so. And, and so to clarify, I think that that, I think maybe what I meant to say is that, there is no Saint uh, Saint Vincent. That there is only Saint Vincentness, right? This is yeah. not. This is not my Saint Vincent. You know, this <laughs> this is not my Saint Vincent. This is not my guitar solo. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, every and, guitar solo of hers is like, this is not a guitar solo. This is not a guitar solo. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and, and I think that, and there is also. I mean, um, like, there's also that this is not a guitar solo in part because sometimes you have to ask yourself when you're not watching the live performance you know is that a guitar right that, yeah. that because it's it's run through pedals um in a distortion and it could be a synthesizer line uh, or it could be a you know a a shredder kind of like going in and out kind of um you know someone someone reversing and forwarding on a on a sh- shredder with an automatic uh setting um and and yeah so it, it raises those those questions and even when you're um watching her play live it's hard to um, draw a correspondence between the things that her fingers are doing and the noises that that you're that you're hearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. I totally, I totally get it. It's uh, she's she. Well, it's, you know, it's a it's a sort of a polyphonic spree, if you will. Oh, <laughs> someone did their someone did their reading. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to do that at least to, at the at the very least. I look at the Wikipedia page. No, I mean that's it's not like, you know, we I mean that that in the realm that, in which we traffic that is that uh, Wikipedia and Rap Genius count as secondary sources in our in our faux academy that we that we run. Yeah. Um so what other um what other songs did you find that were interesting in this way? Oh, uh, if we've kind of at least um looked at Digital uh, Witness and I prefer your love, where else did you find kind of Different um, or or complementary pieces of this kind of Saint Vincentness. I have to look at the uh, I have to look at the list of tracks because it's so hard to remember the names of them sometimes. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, I remember thinking I was drawn to the Huey Newton song. Let me see if I can bring up the lyrics for that and remind myself what that was about. Uh, Big Bark, Live Children, Entombed in the Shrine of Zeros and Ones. Oh man! I mean, yeah. So, 
Huey dot Newton. That's interesting. I, I would say that the Huey. I'm trying to remember both what they said and how they sound at the same time, which is really hard. I mean, yeah. it's one of the most difficult things about podcasting about music, oddly, um, because. Um, because it, you know, even compared to TV, you can kind of like make note of a line, and you kind of can remember oddly, you know, kind of how it was said and um, and what was going on in the scene. But with the music, even just looking at the lyrics doesn't necessarily conjure up everything else that's going on in the song at that time. And so, and especially if you're listening to an album uh, on a on a streaming service um, or even just on your you know on uh, um, on your on your iPod, you don't necessarily look down as as it goes from song to song you don't necessarily look down and look at the at the title so that yeah. uh and especially because there's not you know it's not like there's this uh you know it's not like uh it's not like shots 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 shots, <laughs> shots. you know so it's it's she's not chanting rattlesnake 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 yeah do you want to talk about birth and reverse we could talk about that yeah, um, let's yeah let's talk about that, and if uh, if we can, if we uh, if we get drawn back to Huey Newton, uh, we can. Yeah. Um, I mean, the main thing about Huey Newton is that it never really talks about Huey Newton, right? right. And like you could we could make a whole list of these songs where it's like it's it's a reference to some sort of historical figure, but it never really addresses the historical figure, and it sort of implies that somebody is studying the historical figure but hasn't internalized anything about the historical figure. Uh, something along those lines, but yeah. yeah. But, but well, actually, actually, before we actually go, so just um, kind of zooming in on the opening lines of Huey Newton um, of feelings, flashcards, fake knife, real ketchup, cardboard cutthroats, cowboys of information, pleather, pleasure dot loathing dot Huey dot Newton. Uh, oh, it was a lonely, lonely winter. I mean, for me, and and I think this was mentioned in some of the reviews as well. I mean, this this. I mean, I think the dot, the 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 dots evoke for me, like you know, signal that this is taking place on the internet. Yes. Um, but, and and I think I I like all of these lines as that they're. I mean, in some ways, this song is talking about some of the like bad attempts at verisimilitude, right? right that right. um, right, especially if he says um, fake knife, real ketchup, right? Um, and. And that if that is and and kind of flashcards for feeling, which evokes you know studying how to uh, what a feeling is uh, and 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 what it um, what it means, and that the, the, the there's kind of an attempt to construct kind of action or life or in, engagement uh, with whether it's you know reality or kind of importance kind of historical importance but the 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 not realness is apparent that it, that that the um the, you know what the things are made of and the gap between the cardboard and the um and the cutthroats is very is very apparent and is and 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 doesn't cover loneliness but actually and and kind of disconnection and alienation but like magnifies it right um i don't know that's kind of um quickly kind of what i see just in that you know kind of zooming in on those um i mean did you kind of get anything else in kind of um in that or in the rest of uh of of that song 
Well, it makes a Hale Bob Comet reference, yeah, which is crazy. Which, that's uh, <laughs> that's um, the uh, that was the cult, right? Or yeah. that was related to the um, uh, Heaven's Gate, right? Yeah, yeah, the heaven. That was that's like a that's a 1997 deep cut of the Heaven's Gate cult that killed themselves with those sneakers on, right? Uh, yeah. They all had the brand new was it brand new Nikes that they were all wearing when they killed themselves? Yeah, I think go so. Up to the spaceship, uh, yeah, and it, this idea that. Uh, that it goes what? That it goes hail Bop, hail Mary, Hagio Sophia, and it, it so it, it's got this this aspiration to these things that are sort of greater than yourself. But these things these things then only exist in virtual information, and it's terribly dark, right? It, it kind of reminds me of Sandberg's Cool Tombs, which is about the kind of uh, meaninglessness of the Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. Well, not Civil War specifically, but it's about how historical events don't have meaning uh, after the death of the people who participate in them, right? How sort of historical huh. narrative is is necessarily detached from reality uh, right. right because you know oh abraham lincoln and robert e lee and all those people they're not fighting anymore because they're dead right and they're right. not right. capable of these sorts of things right and it sort of poses the question like do these are they still waging these eternal wars because in our mind they are right. but in you know the reality of the cool tombs they are not and so in this well, sense, and, and she actually says this in, uh, in the last kind of a segment of the song i'm entombed in a shrine of zeros and ones Yes, yes. Right, exactly. and that's that's who's in that's who's in Grant's tomb. Zeros and ones. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Who's yeah, who's buried in Grant's tomb's Wikipedia page? Right, is the question. <laughs> and the answer is uh uh is nobody really. The, the answer of who's who's buried in Grant's tomb's Wikipedia page is Grant's Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Saint Vincent, Saint Vincent, Saint Vincentness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, and it's it's also. It, I mean, it shows once again her, her religious iconography, which goes throughout the 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 album. There's a lot of venerated references to religion. Part of why why I'm I'm uh, leaning towards saying that she's for real is that the religious references do their homework, right? Like the Hagia <laughs> Sophia is not something that you just toss around if you have no idea what you're talking about, right? Like, um, and, uh, and she right at the very least, she actually did do a trajectory of wikipedia pages that went some maybe maybe some of the middle links are missing but like she's at least surfed that wikipedia page at the very least and i think has the meta knowledge to back that up i mean that's a thing where we talked about kind of doing our homework meaning reading wikipedia but that you know if you know nothing else Wikipedia is not that useful, right? That, that in some ways having context, having some amount of meta knowledge, you know, is, is still helpful in putting the Wikipedia surfing into context. Yes, that's um, one of the reasons why Yu-Gi-Oh! has long been one of the best covered things on Wikipedia, right? <laughs> How you can right. read about anime. Actually, they cracked down on it now. I can't make that joke as much anymore because Wikipedia, like, wanted to repudiate its history and, and it, it wanted to confound people's attempts to understand it by, like, eliminating all the anime pages and consolidating them. So there needs to be like a, a people's history of Yu-Gi-Oh! It yeah. needs to be written. <laughs> Look, the winged dragon of Ra gets his own page, alright? I don't care. This, <laughs> this is, there's some St. Vincentness to that. To like, right. to like, we need to consolidate all these pages dedicated to Yu-Gi-Oh! characters because uh, otherwise people won't take us seriously. So which pages should we consolidate the Yu-Gi-Oh! characters on? Right. right like, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, so... Um, 
But yeah, you had wanted to talk about birth and reverse. So birth also. and reverse conf- confuses me a little bit because I'm not quite sure what it's talking about. Like birth and well, reverse. It's talking about masturbation. Let's just get that out. Is there. it actually talking about masturbation, no. or is it incidentally mentioning masturbation? Because I mean, birth and I, reverse. I stop listening when I when I hear a woman say masturbate on like let's say um, nat- network TV. That just it's like it's like a bomb going off, and and I and I hear this like this 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 screeching this. Mm, and like everything's kind of blurry because it's like, whoa, that's not okay. And then, <laughs> and then I can't hear any. It's like a bomb has a a, a gender bomb has gone off, and yeah. and that's uh, I stop there. No, yeah. I mean, you I go and inside I'm your hurt locker, I mean, right? You got yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is also exactly. the, going inside the hurt locker is another. Never mind. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I think that it is interesting. So no, I think that. But I, I, it is funny to watch some of the live performances of the like smile. There's like a just the slightest smile of take out the garbage masturbate uh, 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 on the take out the garbage masturbate line, um, which is interesting, especially because the next line is I'm still holding for the laugh. Um, and, and that there's, I, I think that, um, I mean, I think we should zoom out to the rest of the, the song, but, um, but I think that just that relationship of, it's interesting that in delivering that line, she kind of, even though she doesn't stop the song and hold for the laugh, there is just like a a, a bit of a glee in um, in talking about you know this uh, ordinary day that includes you know chores such as taking out the garbage and masturbating. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, of course, but that's so. There's kind of and, and this goes back to um, it connects with the uh i think it's with the digital digital witness right mm. so there's a line let me let me i'm going to bring this up again i'm not as as uh, adept as you guys are with multitasking tabs of lyric sheets but okay so, so you're you're saying vincentness is less than 9000 <laughs> indeed indeed um so uh <laughs> Um, so in Digital Witness, there is a moment where it says, Digital Witness, what's the point of even sleeping? If I can't show it, if you can't see me, what's the point of doing anything? And then she goes, this is no time for confessing, right? right. And so confessing, of course, religious iconography, specifically Orthodox religion, right? Like or, right. You know, Orthodoxy, Catholicism, these are the religious icons that appear throughout this, uh, this work. And, um, and con- the confessing, there, there's a sense that this this character this this uh, artificial intelligence or what have you this artificial presence not an artificial intelligence but this artificial presence this digital presence this simulacrum of a person this imperfect simulacrum of a person uh, is is getting too close to connecting meaningfully with people right like uh, and it goes this is no time confessing I want all of your mind but there's this threat to come through with some real authenticity that needs to be destroyed right yeah, um, yeah. and and so uh, and I think that that it needs to be destroyed for good reason um so taking out the garbage masturbate right so there's i feel like there's two default ways there's three default ways to look at this and they they fall on either side of this being appropriate or this being inappropriate right Right. one of them is the whole like we shouldn't even really be saying this and i'm kind of offended way of looking at it which is also sort of on the side of this is a joke Right? right, and and this is this has to do with what it refers to uh, in America, right? Whenever right. you say the words in America in something, you're like conjuring all this expectations of social norms and condemnation and and freedom and puritanism coexisting in an awkward hypocrisy, right? Like all these people are such hypocrites because they can't handle a, a woman talking about masturbating. Well, that's the other way to talk about it. The, to, you could vagina monologues it. You could be right. like, right. I am proud that right. I masturbated after I took out the garbage, and if you can't handle that, you. 
you can't handle me, right? right? Because that is who I am. That is, I am Saint Vincent, right? right. And and in right. this case, what happens is that I, with a line, I'm still holding for the laugh is great because it's it says that she's that the speaker of this is more on the side of like this was a thing that was inappropriate for me to talk about, right? But I'm presenting it in such a way that that nobody is laughing at it, right? Right? And so right. she's she's found another way of talking about it that isn't part of the two expected ways that that make us comfortable bourgeois people comfortable and bourgeois and talking about this thing right um, and of course what's more unnatural than the idea of like birth in reverse the idea right. of like a living being crawling up into a uterus and like subsuming itself into its mother right like uh, that just like whenever something like that is even talked about i get this like squicky feeling you know like, well and it, it relates to the i want all of your mind right yeah. that in some ways that there is a a a kind of parasitism right that yeah. um that is that is, is that is expressed there right yeah. um of some kind yeah i mean that's sort of what new wave is is largely about right is this this idea that um i mean it's related to futurism and this idea that the advancement of technology the advancement of society the advancement of of discourse empowered by mass media that these things have rendered irrelevant in some way our underpinning assumptions about what's true about ourselves yeah right and and so there's a lot of modernity there's a lot of art that's about this a lot of it yeah yeah and i think that actually the other kind of piece of new wave that's about this is devo right yes. i mean because the whole i mean the right devo is about devolution yeah. right and it, and it's really thinking about um like regret like regret not even just regression but actually like um, that that the next step of evil of evolution is moving backwards, right? And it's you know their their first album, you know, pre- before they were whipping it, they were asking, um, "Are we men?" Uh, answer, you know, question: Are we men? Answer: We are deep. Are we not men? Are we not? Are we men? not men? Is it? Oh yeah. Mm, I think right. that in the song it's "Are we not men?" On the album, I oh. believe it's "Are we men." Well, because it's about – because Devo locates a lot of its sort of social hypocrisy in kind of jock culture, right? Jocko homo. Yeah, exactly. And and, and so it's like you know on Sunday, Devo is going to church. Devo is going to watch the football game. But if Devo – if in the Devo-verse there were other Devo people who went to church, they would worship at the Church of St. Vincent. Right. right? Like you can sort of imagine this sort of new wave world in which our assumptions have been turned on their head and shattered uh, by sort of attempts to crack through – the dialectics that in, make us feel comfortable being for or against these things, either yeah, yeah. way, right? Like yeah, and, yeah, and sort of absolutely. alienate us from them and, and and create new ways of looking at them. Uh, and I, I definitely felt like while listening to this, that Devo was definitely a big act. That, yeah, that same and is, is and you are doing. right that it is. Are we not men? Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, yeah. to, to be fair, I actually did uh, at Stokes' recommendation at one point listen to the full forty-five minute long live performance of Jocko Homo uh, recorded in Central Park. Uh, I believe I listened to it on Winamp like a long, long time ago. Uh, but yeah, Jocko Homo gets pretty crazy when it's forty-five minutes long. <laughs> I mean, anything does, right? <laughs> yeah, Daft Punk uh, gets pretty is pretty much the same. You're still going around the world because it's a circle, right? It's just. <laughs> I mean, what's one more time? It's just one more, one more time. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So a birth in reverse could be a death, right? Right. Birth in reverse could be death. Birth in reverse could be something going inside of a vagina, right? right. So in which case, birth in reverse might be masturbating. And this is related to this idea that like masturbation is confounding procreation and that's what's right. wrong with it. It's but kind of have, the spilling of seed, right? Yes, uh, the spilling of seed, but it's something that we do because we have emotional and needs and hungers and, and pleasurable things and this we want this lifestyle, right? Birth in reverse could also be like something being born backwards, 
mm-hmm. right? Like a breach birth, right? Or like a sort of unnatural thing that comes into being the opposite way that it's supposed to be, right? right? Like th- there's a bunch of ways in which birth can be reversed. I, or, um, or could it be a Benjamin Button? Yes, you could have a Benjamin Button situation. Totally, totally. Where something crawls back all up and ends and like sort of re-embraces the mother, Right. right, like, um, and I think there there have been a bunch of other. Uh, I think Woody Allen once talked about how he wished his life could be lived that way, right? And he I wish he could end in an orgasm, right? Like, right, um, right, right. Um, but yeah, you could say that I'm saying this, and this could also be like speaking metaphorically about something that you know the the chirp 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 of the eaglet being born, right? If this is about America and this idea that like the American dream was born because it is this living, breathing thing, uh, this this little anthropomorphic Eddie the eagle that's teaching you firearm safety, right? right? Like is out there and like oh well, you know this is happening in reverse. There's something that's that's uh, perverse about it that's wrong. And so okay, so here's the question, right? This is this is this is the thing that I don't quite – one of the things I don't quite grab about the song is, is she outside or inside? Like, does she masturbate right. outside is the question. Right. Because right? Huh. She, she takes – an ordinary day, she takes out the garbage and she masturbates, and then the rest of it is a dog, about dogs barking and birds crying and her and seeing things through the blinds, right? So this could be happening two ways. It could be that she took out the garbage, she went back inside, she's inside of her house, and she's hearing the dogs outside, she's hearing the birds outside. It's not her dog, it's, it's the dogs, right? They're out there, right? So th- and then she's looking out, out through her own blinds at the world, and she's seeing America around her. Or she's outside, and she's in the midst of these things, and she's looking in through other people's blinds. Right, like, um, mm. so she could either be sort of voyeuristic, or she could be kind of like a hermit, right? Like seeing only sort of through the slits. And I couldn't figure out which way to read this song. Um, and, and I guess a third is that she masturbated outside and then went inside. It's possible, right? Um, and, and I mean, that also is. I mean, that also is, could is another reading of birth in reverse, as like you know, being right that right because like a baby is covered in goo um, <laughs> after coming out, yeah. um, and so a if you are covered in goo outside and then enter your house, um, but I don't know, I I, I mean because that's that's the question of the the relationship you know between kind of the taking out the garbage. Right. I guess the question is how many moments are between like how big in that comma between garbage and masturbate? Like, is that instantaneous or is that the amount of time that it takes to walk back uh, in? And it is not that it's so in some ways, it's not that this is about um, I think that it's also possible her child's name is masturbate. (laughs) Take out the garbage, masturbate. I'm still holding. There's the laugh I was holding for. <laughs> I mean, or it's yeah, exactly. I, whatever. When we were talking about this with re, uh, respect to Digital Witness, I actually was thinking about. It's like uh, I was thinking about Mega Man and the Mega Man robots. Yeah. And and, and that there's a masturbation bot uh, that uh, that is like um, you know the bots that do trash uh, and and every other thing in the um, in the in the Mega Man universe, right? And then so it's like take out the garbage, masturbate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then even the, I'm holding for the laugh r- reminded me of the uh, joke telling robot from uh, South Park, uh, Funny Bot, um, which uh, whose whose catchphrase is awkward yeah. <laughs> uh, whenever things uh, are are in that way. Um, I think that I, I I had read it as um, as as this was viewing a street scene from inside the house. Okay, okay, um, but because. It's an interesting thing is that 
when I, I, I think I read this in part because I, w- whenever I think of seeing things through the blinds, I, I'm attached to, so like curtains can be easier. Curtains feel more bi-directional, but blinds feel unidirectional. Like I feel like one sees things through a blinds by touching the blinds from, from the, um, the side right, of like the Like in blinds. an eighties detective thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so, oh, actually, I maybe, maybe, maybe the blinds are her labial folds. Yes, uh, maybe what she saw through the blinds is like the the experience, the revelatory experience that she had when she was masturbating. Uh, and so, maybe that's the so, tune. What? Actually, this so the song is about masturbating. It might be. I mean, the tune will hum me through the war. Laugh all you want, but I want more. This idea that she will, you know, use this this uh, sensory experience. To and like laugh all you want. Okay, so laugh all you want connects to I'm still holding for the laugh, right? right? Which connects the tune to the masturbating. All right, so if she's masturbating, and then that will get her through the bad things that are happening in around her in the sort of hyper real America where you don't really experience the wars that are happening because they're only on CNN or through the you know through the blinds or what have you. What I'm swearing, I've never sworn before. Um, I mean, maybe that has something to do with. Uh, I don't think that she's adopt adapt adopting a new uh, a new credo. It maybe it might be that she's speaking expletives because she's you know like in extremists of some kind. Right. Uh, I right. don't know. I mean, well, it might be. I think I think what we. we- I think there is a, an essential ambiguity in this, but I think what we know is that she is at least at the window, and she may be going from that window to the wall. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> love it. Um, <laughs> well, and, and just as Saint Vincent is uh, seen through the vibe, like so, just like a birth in reverse, so must this podcast end. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, it's on the short side, but we got to get to Mad Men tonight. I know. It's yeah. and and and, but I know. I felt like this felt like sometimes uh, the, uh, this felt like a sprint, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like we hit a lot of uh, a lot of good things, and uh, the comment can continue, or the conversation can continue. Um, you know, in some ways, uh, the Saint Vincent. Uh, conversation started on our Facebook page, um, carried through uh, right now to uh, to our discussion. Um, but then we'll be uh, we'll pick it up on the show notes on overthinkingit.com uh, and also on Twitter at TFT Podcast, where there's often um, there's a pretty regular cast of uh, of listeners who uh, at reply us and uh, join in the conversation. So there's um, there's a lot of ways to be a digital witness, right? <laughs> that there, uh, uh, Can I get and, a digital witness? Amen. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so, um, and so, give us, give us all of your mind. Uh, is is what I'm saying. Um, you know, take out your garbage and listen to the TFT uh, podcast uh, because we prefer your love, listeners, to Jesus. Uh, so, thanks for tuning in, Pete. Thanks for uh, for uh, hopping on the podcast. Uh, yeah, this is a great pleasure, man. This is a great pleasure. Uh, and uh, come back anytime. And uh, it's been it's been real. To be real. What to find now? What to find?